right, Matt. Hey, look, we're on to week five of week our five. week five. It's yeah. wild of our series in Ephesians that we've been going through this summer. And so, if guys, if you've been tuning in with us, you know, welcome back. But if you haven't before, um, this is Matt Brumfield. He's our online and connection pastor, and I am the creative and production director at our church. And my name is Miles. And so, that being said, Matt. You know, this series has been great. I've, I've mm-hmm. talked a little bit, even last week, if you tuned into Touchpoint, uh, Pastor Brandon and I were able to talk a little bit about what he has been prayerfully hopeful for when looking through this uh, Book of Ephesians series for our church. Like, what has he been hoping that we would glean from it? And I guess from your position and even just looking at the Book of Ephesians as yeah. a whole, how would you say that this Book of Ephesians, like, is beneficial for the church at large, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Um so this is like one of my favorite, I think for the longest time like this, actually not the verses that we're reading today, sure, but, um, in but general, the ones right yeah. right before it. Um, so I think it really just like it, it reminds us of the reality um, for us of, of what we were, which I think is totally. an important distinction. So I think sometimes it's so easy to forget that, um, right, the whole idea like we were dead, we were sinful, we were yes. broken. It's so easy, I think, sometimes to lose sight of the fact that I'm not good by my own merit. Yep. Um, and I think when we lose sight of that, that's sometimes why like our posture towards others or mm-hmm. towards the world can be um, not out of the fruit of the spirit, but out of the fruit of the flesh. Absolutely. And so I think this whole book just gives the tone of like, how do we posture ourselves mm-hmm. remembering the beauty of who God is, what he has done, but then also just like the, hey, remember, so that you can do rightly the thing yeah. that I have called you to do. I mean, I think that's just so important for us as individuals for in sure. a church yeah. and for a local church and the church as a whole. Absolutely. And so totally couldn't agree more um, just on the way that especially, you know, chapter two, you were mentioned just a the, the couple yeah. verses before what we're about to dig into today, definitely have this contrast comparison, you yeah. know, not necessarily that you are good on your own, yeah. uh, but that God is good. And in light of mm-hmm. that, we can kind of, you know, piggyback onto that mm-hmm. and say, God, you're great. So therefore I need to pursue that. So, um, so today uh, we are looking at the, the 11 verses that precede that. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 through 22. And so before we draw any additional conclusions, let's just get into the text and see what it says. And so uh, just reading here, I'll read uh, verses 11 through 15, and then uh, Matt, you can pick up the rest. So it says this, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh by dividing the wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off, and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 
So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Absolutely. Awesome. And I love that. There's so much to unpack just in those 11 verses. And I think I accidentally gave you one more than I was supposed to. I just stopped reading right away from the beginning. But, you know, all to say, okay, like there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, if this is your first message, your first touch point digging in here, there's there's just an open inaugural point here. Uh, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles. So again, like mm-hmm. Ephesians is written to the church of Ephesus. Yeah. So automatically, there's some assumptions we can make about what importance that brings. Um, but all to say, though, is that this whole bit about um, different things of covenant and different things of all these different yeah. things, they is, is basically calling out some points, and it brings to a head the Christ-centered portions of yeah. all the confrontations yeah. and all the points of conflict that might have been a point of conversation. And so in lieu of this, just to kind of cut this passage in half, let's first talk about why is it important to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus specifically when it comes yeah. to reconciliation? Yeah. So what would you say with that, Matt? Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you look at, um, we're in a world, we're always going to have these moments where I think people want to want to assume I have everything figured out and you don't have anything figured out or yeah. vice versa and all these things. And there's, there's something about, and maybe this sounds cheesy, like there's something about Jesus that when I focus on Jesus mm-hmm. and consistently focus on Jesus, some of those other things begin to like fade away For sure. um, and they begin to like lose maybe the weightiness that I once thought that they deserved. Um, and it's not that we shouldn't be having right good conversations, but I think so often if I'm not first centering my life on Jesus um, and, and and hear this out. I think there's sometimes where, where we seek to center our lives on Jesus just so that we can want to fuel our point mm-hmm. rather than just sitting with and saying, I'm going to just be with Jesus, not because there's something I have to do out of this, yeah, right. but because I recognize who he is. Um, I think in the church, you see this where, um, and again, like, don't hear me wrong. And I get like snippets of the well, I see with Jesus so I can have this right theological stance yeah. so that I can go argue yeah. with people and like theological right depth and seeing that out is so important. But if I'm sitting with Jesus just so I can like fuel my position, like yeah. I'm missing the idea that it's a relationship um, that I just sit with the father, not because I have to go do this or, or win that like Jesus has already done it. Jesus yeah. has already won it and he uses me um, for his purposes, for his glory. But I think even in this, there's this right tension of this, right? He It says he preaches peace to those who are near and those who are far. And so wherever, even in this context, like to the church in Ephesus, and even for us reading this, wherever we may think we are or others may think we are, yeah. 
it's all about Jesus. None of us got to where we are because of anything we've done or any knowledge that we believe we've accumulated or because we haven't accumulated sure. it. It's, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Yeah, I think, yeah, and it's nothing I'm about to say is going to refute what you're saying. I think yeah. you're exactly right. I think sometimes we miss the buck on what it means to be mm. sat at the feet of Jesus. We mm. think that all of a sudden we're taking up artillery rather than finding mm. ourselves. Oh, that's uh, such a good word. And, and when you think about it, though, I do think that there, for those that kind of err on the other side, what would be my response? What would I be advocating for that? I think that in Timothy, when we talk about studying mm-hmm. to show thyself approved, that I can be rightfully dividing the word yeah. of truth. I think that what we miss sometimes is being able to validate, is this Jesus gets confused with, it's my goal to go out there and tell everyone that they haven't met Jesus. And now let me show mm-hmm. you why the first piece of scripture. And That's so I good. think hostility is not mm-hmm. a thing that Jesus tells us to take up arms on. And if anything, like, I think the word hostility is thrown in here a lot to show (laughs) the level in which aggression is not always the way. And so I would just say to the person that is, you know, intellectually interested, academically equipped, and just ready to get after it, I would say that that is awesome that you have that enthusiasm. I I don't, I wouldn't want anyone to be like deterred from wanting Mm -hmm. to grow. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah. I think that there's sometimes, and I think it's what you're saying, is that there's a diminishing return when we confuse the difference between learning everything and being the most informed person for the mm. sake of being right yeah. versus sitting at the feet of Jesus long enough to be made new. Yeah. I think that that is mm. a, a very strong difference. Yeah. And I think that's exactly yeah. what you're saying and exactly the heartbeat of the question. You know, why is it important to fixate on Jesus when it comes to reconciliation? Yeah. Because, yeah. No, and I love that. And I think that's even here so important. Like, and I think you see these like contrasting um, pictures throughout Ephesians of what you were, yeah, what you are absolutely. now. And there's this language of, right, of of family, of, of unity, of this building up. And, and I think that's, that's such a good point of recognizing. So how does in the way that I am wired as I'm seeking this, how do I, how do I come alongside? And I think that's like the piece with Jesus of lay and recognize that not everyone is wired the same way. Like, I think even, even you are like, mm-hmm. we, we have some things like, okay, we're both on the creative team, sure, but the yeah. way in which we approach a lot of things is very different. Yeah. But like for us to say like, but that's good. Cause I'd say like, you help me see Jesus in a way that I might miss out on because if I think, well, the, the fullness of who God is, is only in the way that I experience or yeah. have experienced yeah. or think, I mean, then I'm missing something. And there's something where I can step back and say, oh man, like, look how much bigger God is than I thought he was. Sure. Because there's something that when you speak um, from the place that God has brought you from and the way in which he has wired you, it's like that, that I think some of that's like this, like this peace and this dividing wall of hostility of, well, I think the only way is because I think this way or act this way or feel this way instead of the, here's what Jesus does in people that may act or think or feel differently or process things in a different way. And I think there's, mm-hmm. there's beauty in that. Cause then it's like, okay, so it's not about me. Yeah. And it's not just about me. It's this, this building, this family, this fellowship. It's Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that same way too, I'll say it the same way back to you is that that you also bring a certain level of like awareness to the people that are at the table that not a lot of people do too. But if, if people on my side of the fence that end up going at from this hyper analytical rows and columns aggression uh, towards things, if we don't take time to at least Mm. look at ourselves and go, you know, maybe, maybe I need to look outside of myself to figure out, is there a better way? Mm. I think that 
the heartbeat of this passage looks towards elevating the big thing, which is Jesus. Yeah. And letting the rest of it not be completely subjective and ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. But just to say that, hey, if we make this the centerpiece and just agree to be humble and how mm. we approach the rest of it, um, I think we can we can get somewhere. And so, you know, knowing that this is it brings yeah. right around to yeah. the next thing, yeah. which is is there subject subjectivity when it comes to the word peace? And hmm. I think we can look to God to maybe give some some clarity on that. And so the question is, how does God define peace versus a world providing false concepts of peace? Yeah. So, yeah, so let me speak to, I think, so I'm definitely like a, a feeler. Um, <laughs> no, you know, no way. Yeah. Although I am still beating you in more, in the more which recent is, days, which is more funny. crying yeah. in staff um, uh, meetings. But yeah, yeah, which is funny. And, and so I think there's this of the, um, I think there's this, this tension of, so what does it mean for me as a feeler to focus on Jesus? And I think sometimes it's the, the balance of what am I allowed to feel? And then is it supposed to be that I'm just supposed to be moved out of it? Yeah. And so I think there's something of the, at times where I can be presented with, or those who maybe are in that game of the, well, here's this truth. Mm. Um, and then it's like, well, I don't feel it. And I think a lot of times this is where if we just land there, there's this tension in the world where it's the right, right. Find your truth. What feels good uh, to yeah. you. Right. Um, and so I think what happens is there's these pendulum extremes of the, well, this is the only truth, which we do believe as followers of right. Jesus, there is this absolute truth, but then how that gets fleshed out, I think sometimes miss because I think where, what I need is I need people to to speak truth to me. Yeah. But in that, I think sometimes what's missed is like um, there is this weightiness of feelings that are very real, um, even if someone's not a feeler. And so I think there's this like where I take comfort is right when Jesus said he came full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. And you look at his life, he's proclaiming truth. He's calling sure. to repentance. But then in these moments, right, when he finds out that Lazarus dies, yeah. he doesn't say, well, let me tell you what's going to happen. And it says <laughs> that that Jesus yeah. wept. Right. Um, and so there's this moment of like, okay, so so Jesus is God and, right, he knows and he's, right, and he's sovereign, he's in control. And then he's also a fully man. And in that moment, it says Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. And so in these moments of brokenness where things feel overwhelming, like that I can sit and that's okay, but I don't need to just then go and try and cover that or just go with people who are only going to like leave me there, but they're right. going to speak truth. Um, yeah. And so how, how have you navigated? Cause obviously like I am a feeler and I think you know that yeah. with me. Um, is there any words or maybe ways that God has shaped you that have helped you maybe see this when it's just these analytics or yeah. um, looking at, well, here's the truth and here's the rationale behind this of why you should be or shouldn't be whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the question's kind of tough for me. I'll be honest where like um it is it is kind of interesting cuz even uh last week's touch point Brandon talked about a little bit of the the nature of how sometimes it's hard for us to see God as father because we have father issues mm -hmm. or not even that we can't see him as that, mm -hmm. but sometimes we play to the position of wanting to get the approval of him. Mm -hmm rather than just knowing we're already approved. And so I would say that a lot of my relationship with with Jesus has come from a position of, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm, mm. if, if left to my own devices, and I don't mean this in a good way, this is actually to my detriment. It's just that, like, I am so bad. <laughs> like, mm. I'm so bad that it 
it shapes a lot of how I think of peace. It's just like, I don't deserve it. I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy of it. And in mm-hmm. truth, like, yeah, but, but Jesus. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that's important, because if you're asking me how, how, yeah. how has God shaped me or helped me better see opportunities of peace or how to move towards it, it's just like Ephesians begins with this inaugural stance, you know, week one, uh, verses one and two, there were a lot of things said. We understand who Paul is, his yeah. position, and who he's talking, yeah. who he's talking to, he's talking, talking to the church of Ephesus. But he claims a tr- like a Trinitarian level of authority in yeah. which he says these words about you know God, the Father, and with Jesus Christ. And so everything that precedes that, we know that it comes with that tone of both. Mm. Grace and truth, like you said. Yeah, yeah. So everything we say in correction hmm. is done with a navigational piece. So where you say, like you're a feeler, and it's just like, well, if God leads me to, I don't know, if I don't feel it, it's very difficult to wrap my arms around it. And for me, it's just like, I easily am left at the point of feeling not awesome because hmm. of the fact that I read the Bible and I see these levels yeah. of opportunity and growth. Um, but to gain peace is to remember the fact that he doesn't yeah. say these things in the book to hurt mm. me. Yeah. He says these things in the book to grow me as a person so I can better understand who he is and be with him in a true and and realistic way. Um I think that sometimes peace is hard to find if if I'm just to say from a human perspective. Yeah. Peace is hard to find in the church because we've already forethought that the church is a place for people to tell me how bad I am and what I need mm. to get good at. But if anything, we learn, uh, especially in these recent weeks, as we've gone through like yeah. our, our last series of um, Isn't She Lovely, when we talk about the church and the true nature of it, um, if we really look to church to be our point of community, our hub of worship, and our ability yeah. to to redirect ourselves and others back to Jesus, we'll find that the church does a lot less self-condemnation and a lot more, hopefully, grace and truth movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my growth potential is to just hopefully look towards what God says about me and what God wants for me rather than what I've already determined yeah. for myself. No, that's such a good word. And, you know, even as you're talking about how, how do we right see the church rightly and what they should do, you know, I think that is unfortunately that because we f- either feel a way or think a way yeah. that we need to communicate that towards people instead of, okay, if I'm mirroring yeah. God and it says he came and he mm-hmm. preached peace to you. Yeah. And so I wonder even the takeaway as we sit here and think through this of so what does it look like for us to be a people that preach peace? Yep. That's and cool. I think that's where we should sit of the how do I have hard conversations? And again, it's like it's right tearing down you spoke of that, like the mentioned hostility, it's this tearing down. We don't want this division. Right. The goal is not to write even in that of the the moment in scripture where it talks about like right expelling the immoral brother mm-hmm. it was so that if that was the extreme where there wasn't repentance outside of the body okay if it's a body analogy yeah. is the body is is warm and so as to make them feel the coldness of i am missing yeah what Jesus made me for when I'm not with them. The goal is not just say like, cast them out. And so we say, well, now there's peace because they're not here. Like, and right, there's this, no reconciliation so that they see that, no, there is a God who is good. For sure. um, That wants to redeem and restore. And so as we have our people of peace in those moments of how do we, right, pray with how do we um right intercede on behalf of and right that that's such a good word is as we read that's why as we look at and read god's word for ourselves and even with others um Mm -hmm. 
you know, to, to see this desperate need for a savior. Yeah. Um, that the truth is that we are incredibly broken. We're yeah. wicked. We're, we're sinful. Um, there's nothing we can do to, to save ourselves. There's nothing in this mm. world that can satisfy us. And that's why we need Jesus. And if we have been saved by Jesus, mm-hmm. um, that should fuel us to be a people that proclaim that goodness, Absolutely. his peace, um, that doesn't need to throw rocks. Because when there were rocks that were being thrown at me, Jesus stepped yeah, in. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's good. And, you know, and I think there's a little bit, of, that's why like Jesus is central. Yeah. And I think when we as people and as a church take our eyes off of Jesus and the cross and make about these other things, not that we shouldn't have those conversations, <laughs> like don't hear that wrong, yeah. but we begin to lose sight of what has he actually asked us to do mm-hmm. with what he has done in us and for us and through us. Totally. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it is just, it's this fine line of like, we need to acknowledge the sin to mm-hmm. get to Jesus quicker. But once you've gotten past it and you see the grace that's inside Jesus, sit in that, mm. you know, and, and it's hard. It's tough. And and realistically, to your point, you know, going through everything relating to the church, preaching peace, going through and, yeah. and having a community of reminding because we are very yeah. forgetful people. Mm. Um, that's the reason why we're doing this series. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a mistake. I think it is a, a sovereign appointment mm. for us mm. as a church to be going through this at the time in which we're doing it. And so, you know, Matt, thank you so much for, you know, hanging out with us, taking a time yeah. here at Touchpoint. And, you know, this was week five. We've still got a few more weeks in the hopper. Just I, a few. I'm bad at math, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's eight. And so if we've got eight more weeks to go, um, you know, we appreciate you guys sitting with it. If you're engaged in and you've been going through um, – your your journal, if you were able to pick one earlier on at the beginning of our series, uh, maybe just as an encouragement, um, talk to somebody yeah. uh, in your community of believers, yeah. whether it's in a community group or just generally a friend you have at the church. I would just encourage you to just share um, with you what these uh, you know past couple mm. chapters have been doing yeah. for you and yeah. with you, just because um, if it's just me, Matt, Brandon, and everybody else that comes on Touchpoint yeah. that's talking about it, that's a whole missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to do that. But with that being said, we'll be on to week six next week, so we'll see you then.